0: Trigger warning, the podcast you're about to listen to may contain sexual and violent acts committed against men, women, and children. If such acts offend you in any way, please do not listen any further. This podcast was made for an audience of 18 years and older and contains mature and explicit content. Also, this podcast may also contain... A high level of profanity and explicit language. If such things offend you in any way shape or form, please do not listen to the podcast any further. This is your last trigger warning. If anything that I mentioned above offends you, please do not listen. Thank you. Hey everybody, this is the Man Apart podcast This is going to be episode 5, titled, A Lady and a Commander. We're about to share a story with a survivor of sex abuse in the military. And I just want to start off by saying this is not anything to bash the military or anything like that. This is basically sharing a survivor's story. We're going to dive into Lady D, uh, her story. And we're going to call her Lady D to protect her identity and anybody else's identity for that matter. Also, this is to bring awareness that there is sex abuse going on in the military, and it's actually been an increasing number over the years. And so Lady D wanted to share her story. So I'm going to start, introduce her. Say hello, Miss Lady D.
1: Hi, Jeremy. How are you doing?
0: Doing good today. So um, I remember you telling me about the story, And I remember, I think, seeing a post about it on Facebook a while back. And so when I started this podcast, I thought about you because I wanted to share your story.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Uh, No problem. Uh, When did you first uh, enlist into the military?
1: I enlisted in 1988. Um, I enlisted into the Air Force. Okay. Uh, You know, back then we didn't even have the issue of the tail hook. And what's, what's the tail Tail like? hook was in the Navy. They had that ship that had all those females that ended up pregnant and everything. The, the captain and a whole bunch of people down the, the chain of command that were sexually abusing and harassing and assaulting uh, the women. Um,
0: oh, wow, I, I, never, I didn't know anything. was I never even heard of that yeah. issue.
1: You know, sexual abuse in the military has always been there since the american revolution you know we've had women who fought as men but it's always been prevalent and people are like well you joined you're in a man's job that's what happens um sexual abuse is never okay even if you're in the middle of consensual sex and the woman says stop or the man says stop you you stop um you know and it's just these situations that sometimes get really bad. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of veterans, and I've, I've seen a lot of things go on that in, include both males and females being sexually assaulted, sexually harassed, sexually abused. Yeah. And it, it, it's a, the problem with it in the military is the units usually try, they, up until now, they have been investigating within their unit themselves. And investigating in the unit they tend to cover each other up a little bit more yeah uh, because you know it looks bad on the unit itself that this is happening or it's happening all the way down the chain or it's going I talked to a female veteran that is now out but it happened all the way up to where the governor of the state is covering it up Wow. and the I think it was, I'm not sure if it's the Air Force National Guard, the Air Force Reserves, the commander of that state's reserve unit was covering it up. He did it. And so this female veteran now has a senator involved and that senator says, well, you know, I'm gonna fight for you, but I just want you to know, um, this is what I believe in, but my career is over now.
0: Yeah, you know, I I come from a background where I was raised in a very staunch Republican style Christian way of life. Now I didn't have any, now my father and my stepfather they didn't serve in the military but I had a grandfather that did and he was very much uh, pro-military no-nonsense kind of guy Um, but he was also raised in a very bad environment where his mom suffered abuse and everything like that so he always had in his mind to never hurt women or anything like that as well and I know it might, you know, stories like yours might not shock him because he probably heard of it back in his day and everything. But it still would make him mad and ball his blood. Like I'm sure a lot of veterans who are older than us uh, feel the same way as well. And right. I, you know, this is an issue that, like, it did shock me because I, not to say it's unbelievable or anything like that. It's just I didn't know it was this prevalent.
1: You this, know, mine this walk, is a know. mine is a light light version, right? Ah. Uh, I've definitely, like I said, I've heard worse. I come from a military family. Yeah. My mom suffered sexual harassment. Her story went, her report went all the way up to First Army in what, Washington.
0: So what's First Army?
1: First Army Division is one of, it was the unit she was under total. So okay. when the, the the ranks break down, or the, the units break down, they start out at a command level. I'm not very sure with how hers went because it was back in, in the early 80s. And so hers was actually investigated by the Inspector General uh, through the First Army. Yeah. And they found her her exo her commander, guilty of sexual harassment. But when he did it again, after he was ordered never to do it again, he started again. So when she reported it, uh, First Army said, we've already de- dealt with it, we're not looking at it anymore.
0: They didn't do anything to it. They him. didn't
1: do anything, and so she ended up having a nervous breakdown and having to medically retire 19 years.
0: Wow. That's, uh, um, I remember you telling me before we even did this interview and everything, you, you told me you were in the military for around that amount of time as I well. I was in for
1: 20. 20, um, 20 I, yeah. barely, I barely made my 20 because of everything that was going on. Um, you know, that's, with any of this, you should never be afraid to report it, whether you're male or female, because right. I've, I've listened to, other podcasts I've I've read stories because in a lot of the veteran groups it's very it's very big that we talk about it because even though we may fight between our our, our uh, branches and we'll, we'll tease each other with the way we are right we are very nine times out of ten we're very supportive of each other you do have those ass wives that um, they're like yeah you shouldn't have ever joined the military this is a man's game you know um, Things changed during Desert Shield, Desert Storm, in okay. the Gulf, the first Gulf War. There's no more front line. Yeah, we saw that. We saw that the whole time.
0: So, um, so because uh, I'm young. So when and, you, I'm not trying to say nothing right. disparaging against right, your age. No. When you joined in the military, I was a year old. Right. So I, I was born in '87. Well, you I was two.
1: I was two years old. So, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, um, yeah. my mom. was uh, So in
0: Desert a, Storm. When 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 was that? I,
1: 1991. I thought,
0: yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh and um what was the conflict back then? Okay, so uh, I just brief I history. Remember, I know. Right. I should I should have researched about no, you know right. I, I, I no, didn't know no. my history. Yeah,
1: no, so well that's a hard time. So I joined in nineteen ninety eight or nineteen eighty eight. Yeah. I went overseas to England. Um I can, I had just been restationed back in, in the States in Florida okay. with the Air Force. And I remember because I came back like January twenty 20 something. Yeah. And within 10 days, I was sitting in an airman's bar under age, but you know, um you mean like <laughs> under 21. I was not I, yeah, yeah, I was 20. Yeah. And I was in there and a friend of mine was buying me drinks because you know, overseas 18 you could drink. And they wasn't really checking at that time. And we were watching the news and we saw the we saw where we started attacking with the missiles and the planes, and I was like my unit was already over there. There was a a law, it may still be, or it was a, a regulation, not a law. And it may be just for the Air Force, it may have changed, but if you're within 60 days of just getting back from an overseas assignment, you're not to be deployed for anything. And my unit was over there. My unit kept asking for me. I was actually asked because of my security clearance and the job that I did. To um, go work with some of the high-ranking military for briefings, yeah. what, uh, to do their briefings, you know, all their slides and stuff.
0: What was your military? Your I know military occupation is M.O. right?
1: Uh, M.O.S. is the Army MOS. and the Marines, I believe. Uh, the Navy might have a different one, but in the Air Force, it's A.F.S.C. Okay. So my A.F.S.C. When I first joined, I was an interior electrician. Okay. Um, and then I transferred over to Graphic Illustrator or Graphic Designer. Now it's totally audio-visual because they've they've merged so many times.
0: So, with your what's your job as a, an interior electrician, why why would that be so needed overseas over there?
1: Well, because, you know, our bases still need to be maintained.
0: Okay, yeah, um, that's reasonable, yeah.
1: So, in our dorms, in our offices, in our in our buildings that we had, you would sometimes have uh, you would have maintenance work and things and, and right. so you you had to have we had to have people just like we had to have just cooks we had to have you had to have everybody
0: logistical style support right it was it like was that. operational yeah. support yeah operational support so, yeah, you're right
1: and then on top of that because they there's a certain there's a couple of big construction teams we were called civil engineers yeah um, so you'd have Red Horse, you'd have a few of the others. Red Horse was your, your, your units that would deploy okay. and go out and would actually build, like if we had Tenth City or something, they were usually the ones that went in and did all of that. Well, the team I was on was higher than Red Horse.
0: Okay.
1: Um, we had to have TSSCI clearances what, because- So um, what is that? Secret car- compartmental information, okay. which top secret is high, this is higher.
0: Higher than top secret. Yeah. Okay.
1: So the reason for that, not that we were dealing with information or anything, because we would be in buildings that had, at the time, you know, we were still dealing with the Cold War.
0: So you had access to those buildings, right? And to see
1: you. everything and to hear everything, and even though we didn't understand what we were seeing or hearing, like for instance, Morse code, they were still doing that, and and listening to things. So you know, I knew a lot of people that that did Morse code, and I was like, why do we need that? But we also yep. had you know, we had the uh, translators, like a guy I sat with in the dorms, he was laughing. He's like, like, I think, I don't even remember the movie, but they had people speaking, Americans speaking in Russian. He's like, they're so messed up. That is not even what's being said. And I was like, how do you know? And he goes, oh, I'm one of those. I'm a spook. And I was like, oh, okay, well, we, hand me another beer.
0: So so when you say a spook, right. you, you mean it's like a, yeah, that means like a spy. No, uh, no, no,
1: uh, no, no yeah, not no. Ne- no. Um, nobody's going to come out and say they're a spy, right? Um, but well, like I mean, like, spooks, like, like, well, like yeah.
0: CIA. I know, right. I know, I've heard of the term CIA spooks, which is yeah. technically a spy or yeah. some type of hitman for the government or some type a, of a, yeah. like, like a highly trained individual that can do different types of operations, yeah. whether it's stealth, covert, uh, yeah. sabotage, those types of things. Uh, that's that's, yeah. that's what yes. he's alluding to. Yes, okay. yes. So right.
1: you know, when they would say, because it was so much. It was just easier to say that than, oh, I'm right. a Morse code reader. And you're like, oh, uh, okay. Uh, did, did, da, 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 did. And he'd be, so, you know, oh, it's spook. And you're like, okay, well, I know, you know. So I lived in the dorms. Um, I lived in these specific dorms that dealt with all of these people that did that kind of stuff. Okay. And uh, I was put on a team for that went in and did the construction. Like, we would go into the U.S. embassies. Like, the embassy in Russia, that was bugged. I don't okay. know if... Uh, the last embassy they had, my team helped do the do the construction, interior construction of it, right. like put in the uh, possible air conditioning units. They did the wiring. They had to do all of that because the layouts of where everything was a lot of times were classified because you had interior skiffs, the secret, uh, the enclosed areas. The skiffs they talk about are metal enclosed. You know, you have to. You can't. It's soundproof. It's usually all done up to where you you can't even. Everything's hardwired because you have no no way to, to like make phone calls outside if it's not right. hardwired. So it's a totally secured area to do things. And usually inside some of these um, highly secured buildings themselves are interior little skiffs inside of that.
0: Okay. Wow. So
1: you have right. So it it gets even more. So you. The secret room within the secret room right with, it, secret. with the big bank vault on the outside of each one. Oh wow so you know it just it's really you don't know what you're seeing you're like okay that's just a building on the side of the hill and next thing you know you're walking through these big giant vault doors that you go through three or four of them and then the next thing you know you're going through a turnstile and then you're going you're going through another checkpoint and finally you get inside and your door's unlocked you're like ah Okay, well, if they make it in this far, uh, you know, yeah. and you have a little wooden door and you're like, okay, okay Yeah, All, all, all that, and right. just a little and wood you, door right, at the end. Yeah. I mean, like, I'd so, be like, what the hell? Right, yeah. and so on top of that, you have these flooring floating tile floors, which are about 12, feet, 12 inches off the ground. And that's okay. because they run all their electrical and their underneath. pipes. And this was back when we had conduit. We okay. still were running conduit for so we, everything. So
0: we don't run conduit anymore? I don't know. No, we I'm, have, I'm, I'm not hip um, to all this. Yeah,
1: so you have you, you have all the wires that yeah. are now insulated.
0: Okay, yeah. Back
1: then we were we were still bending conduit and putting it up. We were just getting into the flexi conduit. Okay. So we were still, you know, so, so the that, old So
0: the old school metal conduit you see inside yes, of buildings and yes, stuff like that. Okay. That okay, was
1: okay. inside. So we had to run it under the floating tiles, run it up and, you know, so we had to, everything you did, we did it ourselves. We had right. to cut the tiles. That, that had to have electrical outlets in them, you had to make sure that it had air under there, things like that, and so it was always funny that we were like, well, somebody gets locked, you know, the tile goes back on top of them, <laughs> they'll yeah. never know they're down there. And sometimes, as a joke, we would crawl under and we'd tap under somebody's chair. <laughs> and they're like, what the hell is going on? Freaking you know, but, the hell out, right? Yeah, yeah, right, so we we got bored a lot of times and we were doing the same stuff, you know, so when you're building or taking down an area, you get bored. Yeah. Um, Especially if you're, or remodeling, that's the other one. We would remodel. So that would would be the thing. If they had to remodel and move a wall, we would go in. We would change the sheetrock. We would put up the studs. And part of this team is, even though I was an interior electrician, I learned carpentry. Um, that was the big one. Sometimes you learned how to do air, and they called them reefers. So mm-hmm. they would do the yeah,
0: air. Yeah, well, I, I used to haul uh, over the roads and we had refrigerated units that were called yeah. reefer units. So yeah. right.
1: So you know, we had they would come in. So we all did. We had our plumbers in there that were working as uh, they would bend the conduit. They would work. You know, so yeah. we we kind of cross trained and did a lot of different things. So a lot of times, I'd be putting up sheetrock. I'd be mudding it. I'd be taping it. I'd be painting it all kinds of different stuff because once my job was done wiring they still needed help to complete so you know it was nothing for me to put up um, chair railing or anything like that once so I would we would bring down the the ceiling tiles we had a laser level and we would cut the ceiling tiles and we would put the lights in and it was everybody working together right the hardest thing was is that this team I was on would deploy a lot so we would leave for temporary duty Okay. Anywhere between 30 days, up to six months or longer, depending on where we had to go. Such as, I know, that uh, my team went to Thailand for six months. They went to Russia for six months. So a lot of the places that we had U.S. embassies, we would go. So there was a couple of different teams stationed and worldwide. You were,
0: when you're off duty, you were basically doing work at those places and everything. Mm-hmm. No, just just having. That was during, that
1: was our duty. Okay. So when I'm off work, I, I lived if on base. I lived in the dorms. Mm-hmm. Um, if, I would, if I had been married, I would either live in base housing or off-base off housing uh, with my family or whatever. When you go temporary duty, they don't tend to put you in the military housing. Mm-hmm. They would put you in hotels because when you went on temporary duty, you're considered uh, a civilian contractor for safety reasons. Okay. So when I deployed with this team to go to Germany for three months, I drove a BMW, I lived in downtown Wiesbaden, Uh, in a hotel room and we wore civilian clothes we called each other instead of calling my superiors by master sergeant such-and-such I called them by their first name because we were we were civilian contractors we had uh, a purple passport yeah sometimes we had if we were going to the embassy we had a different passport so you know you're running around you didn't have a passport in the military because we had our orders right But when you go to these other places, it's automatically assumed by a lot of the nationals you're a spy, if you're if you're in uniform or you have your orders. So a lot of times we went as civilian. Just
0: wearing regular city clothes and everything. Okay.
1: It was it was different because you know I didn't I didn't have to uphold to military standards. I could have my hair down as long as I was safety with it. Our guys would grow beards. Okay. So like in Germany, I went to Germany right after the fall of. The berlin wall okay wow so that was my first and only deployment and the only reason because of that was because the wives of these team members felt that at 19 i would be taking advantage of their husbands and i was like "Ooh, they're old they're in their 30s i don't <laughs> want it Ugh. yeah you know i was like why would i want something like that that old what is why would I want a married I think, guy?
0: I think that's still typical of, of nineteen-year-olds, even right. to this day now. Right. Yeah. I, well, I remember, I remember in my twenties and everything like that. Some some women that were my age, when I was in my tw- you know late teens and early twenties, they felt the same way yeah. too. They didn't want to go mess around with married, right. older married men either.
1: But that you know, you know that's like, what they were worried about because they knew their husbands cheated anyway. You, know, they're gone for six months. That, they, that was the norm. But that's see that's yeah. the other problem. That's the norm in the military. If the woman deploys, she. "Quote unquote," will cheat. The same, it's automatically assumed that happens.
0: I actually, I, I can confirm that with you because I had a lot of buddies that did go overseas, and coming back, uh, found out. You know, one guy actually was gone for like I think a year or two, and his wife had a whole baby.
1: Right. And
0: they, she wasn't pregnant whenever he left.
1: Right. And, and, and it nothing happens. was like,
0: yeah, it was like six months after he was gone, she was pregnant. I mean, the baby was just barely maybe six months old when he came back, or something like that. Some right. crazy, hey, six or eight months old. that was a big fiasco in itself Um,
1: it happens a lot Um, you know the military had a rule at one time it wasn't a rule it was an understanding and I think it was in their regulations that before or right after a deployment the man was the woman the wife was obligated to have sex with her husband prior to or right after deployment to please him
0: hmm
1: And it and it was con-
0: that was that was con- in the regulations and the protocols. I think, and I, procedures? Yeah. I,
1: I've heard of it. I think oh. it's changed. I uh, don't know I, if it I, was in the regulations. Okay. It may not have been worded that way, but we were told about it. We were told about it a lot. That yep, if you get married and your husband needs to deploy and you don't want to have sex, tough, you know, tough shit. You got to have sex. Wow. And it's like, well, that's right. Well, yep, but that's that's a different type of rape. What? Yeah. So it was, you know, and it was one of those things. Yeah. I mean, no, now, I'm. I'm
0: just like, yeah. what the fuck? That's now, the first thought that came to my mind when you when you just said that different kind of rape.
1: That was in the '90s. I was, yeah. Late '90s. I was told about that. And, and that's
0: not that long ago. That's only what two. Well, shit, three decades ago. something.
1: right, right. But still,
0: so. that's not that long in our human no, history. No.
1: Now things may have society. changed. Some other units may not have been like that. I remember hearing about it quite a few times after desert shell desert storm okay a lot of it right after now let me let me emphasize this okay when i was in basic training when i was in a uh, ait um all of that and i can't remember what we called it tech school we called it tech school in the air yeah. force so when i was in that they would say no sexual harassment but they or sexual you know sexual harassment what they considered and they never defined it Sexual harassment was actually rape. That's the only thing they defined as sexual harassment.
0: I think around that time frame, too, it was the beginning of a lot of cases coming out of women in the workforce, women in society,
1: yeah.
0: uh, really getting sick and tired of being groped, grabbed, right. uh, raped, and, and uh, you know, sexually abused yeah. and molested as well and everything. So they, I think that that movement was in its infancy stage, and they were trying to stick with those times oh. as well. The, the, I'm not. The, yeah. I'm, I'm, no, I'm not saying. No, it, I'm no, not no. saying it's all right. You, but you, yeah. you are
1: very right because at that time we had, you know, starting right after Vietnam, we had. Even though we had women in the military before, this is when, right in the '80s, when women were starting to really join the military, a lot of them had had been from military families, so they were joining it, and, and it was a great pride, and you know, right, so they, they wanted to serve their country, right. Yeah. And they were things were opening up to us. We were allowed to be MPs or, or security forces. Uh, they were they were allowed to do s- certain jobs, like be firemen, okay. uh, fire people now. <laughs> fire you know, people, so yeah. so there's a whole bunch that was open. No more administrative and nurses and doctors.
0: Okay. It oh, was
1: and it opened up to me. Like like yeah. I said, I was the first female on this construction team ever.
0: Well, so what was that like? Being the uh, were you the only female on that construction team, yeah. just what was it like? being around all those men and being because I look because I've worked blue collar jobs before too like I told you and I I, you know I've I've been in construction as well and I remember um, and I'm not that you know I haven't been working in the in the workforce that long of my life uh, 15 almost 20 years now but I remember a lot of like construction jobs or even when I was tree trimming uh, if we had females on the crew or anything like that we tried to give them the least, uh, the least labor intensive jobs for yeah. sure. It's best way I can describe it. You know, basically the woman jobs what we call them, because of the fact they were easier and they weren't going to. You know, because we were out in the heat all the time. Yeah. Right? You know, down here in Louisiana, um, that heat is fucking brutal, man. Right, I don't care. Right, and right. as older I get, the worse and worse it's getting for me. Uh, I, you know, I would get kind of jealous sometimes. So I was like, man, I want to go flag traffic and not be dragging brush out of the middle of the woods, getting eaten up by mosquitoes and, and watching sure, out for uh, snakes. I'm and shit. sure the
1: women didn't like what they. That, but that, the,
0: that was the only job yeah well I mean at, and but we actually had some that would come and try out to do the job and everything they thought they thought one thing about it but realistically it was a whole other monster for yeah. the tackle and they couldn't hang as well either because we try to teach them how to chip brush and everything which mm-hmm. you think chip and brush might be an easy deal with certain, but there's different kinds of chippers and everything like that I'll just just to be brief with it, I know this is your story um, there was a uh, what they call a whisper chipper. And so what it does is like you've probably seen it in Fargo and and other movies and everything where they threw the bodies in there and it yeah. sprays out right, real yeah. quick. You literally would have like a like a branch and I'm I'm, I'm illustrating with my hands how big this branch you know these branches would be like sometimes as wide as like putting my hands cup together that wide around. You throw it in there and it would go zoom mm. and just spray out wood chips mm-hmm. quick. And if you didn't let go quick enough, it was going to jerk you. And and there's no and there's only there's two kinds I ever dealt with. They had one where it was real slow. It was called a drum chipper where it was just like these grinding, yeah. uh, these grinding gears that was sucking in real slowly, but they had a bar where you could like push it if you got caught yeah. and you wouldn't get your, you know, you wouldn't get chopped up or killed, right? Thank God. Um, yeah. The other one we had was like the whisper chipper or bandit chipper. It was a brand and everything. That was the one that was most dangerous. And that was the one where I had a, I threw a crepe myrtle branch. That's why I hate crepe myrtles. Um, it was a long one. And when we threw it in there, it whipped and it was, it was, it was still thick at the end. And when it because um, I think I threw it in, I think I threw it in like the small, the, the mm-hmm. top side first, and then the, the base of it came back. Well, that base side came back and smacked me in, in the side of my face right here, which is like right by my eye, eyes and everything, and knocked me out. Oh, I, yeah. I was I went unconscious. Yeah. And I didn't know what the hell happened. I mean, I, I threw it in there and I was I was like actually turned to walk because I was on, on this side of the ch- I was on this side of the chipper. And when I threw it in there, I was about to start to walk, and that thing just went boom, and then bam. Yeah. It just hit me on the side and knocked me out. But you're
1: yeah. lucky. You're lucky you didn't fall in.
0: Uh, no, yeah. Well, I'm lucky I didn't die either yeah. from that impact because it was yeah. it was pretty brutal. But anyway, um, so you were in.
1: I, I was. I, I was I interior. I was interior electric. So yeah. you know they would do things like I had to the the twelve foot ladders. I carried it. Okay. Um, a lot of times because where we were, we carried everything. I would carry the conduit. Yeah. The difference was is if I carried, I could carry a sheet of of sheetrock. Right. They would carry. Four, five,
0: right? Okay. You
1: know, and a lot of times two of them would carry it, and they'd be like, "Go grab, Charette, go grab, um, go grab, uh, you know, go grab your uh, sheetrock." Yeah. And I was like, "Okay, all right." And I'd grab a piece or like, you know, that's not. Come on. And I was like, I can't grab more. You know, so things right. like that that would happen, and my we had metal toolboxes still. Yeah. And they filled mine up with with rocks. <laughs> Uh, to make it 75 pounds to, to, and we played jokes. Now let me, right, let me so so was just hazing. We right, would, yeah. it was hazing. We would be hazed. Like one time I was under those floating tiles. Now they dropped it on me.
0: Were, were, were they, were they just specifically hazing you or no. was it just, every, no, 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 So, this, so there this, was this, other, this was just yeah, general crew fuckery, general. right? Like, yeah.
1: like we would go and we would be working, um, near the flight line and they'd say, oh my God, we need this now. What? We need flight line. What? Flight. Go find the flight line.
0: Is the flight line anything like the sky hook and yeah. the board stretcher and boom yeah. stretcher and everything? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, so, I, I got four. And the other
1: thing we would do, which was terrible, is you'd get that the green wire, which was our grounding wire. Mm-hmm. They would cut and put two pieces, or they would take a hot and a neutral and they would cut it and add yeah. it in. Like, splice it into it? Just No, just add it in there. And so, when you're checking your hot or your neutral to make sure the power's on, you're like, why is this not working? Why, why is this not working? Well, because they took out your hotter neutral and they put a, they put a half of one in there so you're like my power's not working
0: right So you're, you're trying you're to figure out you're, you're trying to you're figure out your job for yeah. two
1: hours and then you're like, okay now I got it and you didn't never wanted to do it. you never wanted to pull the wire back through right because you' pain the ass Well yeah. you had to pull all three wires. Oh wow. So you were having to do everything and so you're like, man and then you'd pull it out and there it was three feet of hotter neutral sitting in there. And that was it. And they'd usually tie it off so you couldn't just pull it. Yeah. And you're like, son of a, and it wasn't son of a gun. It was usually son of a bitch. Yeah. You know, and you turn around and everyone's laughing at you. You just wasted an hour, two hours trying to do it. Or depending on what they would do, you know. Um, <coughs> Sorry. No, they would, there was a lot of things that would happen that was, and they didn't just do it to me. They did it to each other these are people yeah. that have been in 15 20 years right. they were still doing it too
0: well hard. i understand that because being, being in those in those work environments as well we had we had our own hazing as well yeah. and everything it's actually lightened up over the years and some of the jobs I've taken yeah. but uh, uh especially in construction and uh the tree business tree trimming business and everything like that warehouse business it was really prevalent in those type of right and it's, so. you know
1: it still is to an extent i mean because the jobs i worked as a civilian afterwards it was like, oh my gosh, you're here, you're, you're uh, you know, uh, early 40s, early 50s, early, thir- late 30s, and you're dealing with 19-year-olds that yeah. have never, and you're like, go to the landline. What's a landline? Oh, God. Or go to the rotary phone. What's a rotary phone? Or or something, you like, Or
0: cassette tape. Right. Yeah, they don't know go that. Go get me the 8-track. I, I, I got what?
1: Oh, you don't know what an 8-track is? Or a floppy disk? And they're like, huh? Yeah. So, you know, you still mess with people and and things like that, and that's good, and that's fun. And that's part of working together is the camaraderie, because we work 10-hour days, sometimes 12-hour days, seven days a week.
0: You spend more time with them than your own family. Right,
1: And, and it wasn't always during the day. We had to work around other shifts. Oh, wow. So we also had, because of the places we worked, a lot of times we worked their alarm systems. Where I was stationed, when the alarm would go off, we immediately had to go up there and we fixed it because where I was, we couldn't have the countrymen come in and okay. fix it. So we had you mean,
0: to go. You mean countrymen? You mean like the The, the actual, nationals. The, the actual countrymen. Like, if you, let's say you're in Russia, you couldn't have the Russians come Correct. in. Correct. Okay, okay. I, Correct. I'm just clarifying that. Cause I, you know. So,
1: you know, we had some but we didn't have in that area unless they were military I gotcha. and and it was joint operations or something but even then a lot of the work we did because you know they had 220 outside the base we had 110
0: gotcha.
1: so a lot of them didn't know how to work it either so you had all of that issues too on top of everything you know you'd get off work you'd be like i'm so tired and next thing you know there's an alarm going off and about five hours later up at the secure buildings, and you're like, oh my God, I gotta go up there. And it wasn't easy to troubleshoot. You had to break it down. It wasn't like it is today. Oh, this alarm went out in this room. You had to go and look and climb up into the into the um, air conditioning ducts, and then you had to fix it. And these were, I'm talking j alarms. These are old, very, very basic motion detector alarms. And usually it was a lizard or a rat that ran past it. Oh, wow. So, you know, you had that, but, when i was working with them there were things that were little things and i didn't understand that when they would say it wasn't a form of sexual harassment because i it was it was a dip or or just a jab at me yeah they would say hey do you know how to varnish so that you could do the chair chair railing or something no okay well it's like putting on fingernail polish <laughs> I remember, and, I remember. when
0: you told me. Right, I was like, and I showed them my
1: fingernails, and I said, "Does it look like I wear fingernail polish? I don't even have fingernails." It, it, so, things like that would happen. Now, they did yeah. treat me as much as, on the most part, some of the some of them did make a point to to treat me as everybody else because I right. worked the planer and the joiner and all of that with the with the woodworking teams, with the carpenters. I did a lot of that. I I did a lot of the things. Like I had a a Hilti drill. That weighed 50, 60 pounds that they would let me use on top of a ladder by myself. And yeah. I couldn't lift it. I mean, it was just, you know. So there were things that, I, and I did try. Because when they had something heavy, I tried to pick it up to, because I had to prove myself. Right. That was the other thing that worked. They, You had to prove yourself. So it was nothing for me to try and pick up a, uh, uh, a sheet of plywood and move it myself. Which... Obviously, did not work for the female insides. Um, it was nothing for me to try and, and try to pick up a door or something that weighed forty pounds, fifty pounds, and not know how to pick it up correctly, bend at the knees, because I needed to move it and I needed to do it. Then it wasn't an emergency, but it was because everybody else had yeah, something to fast. prove. Yeah, right. So that worked against me on myself because I had already learned at tech school that women are not interior electricians, but we had the largest group out of the 12 or 15 of us in there. Three quarters were women. And I mean, it was just like, wow, it it was so difficult to, we always were proving ourselves. And so things happened. They would say things. I saw a lot of sexual harassment against the younger male troops. Um, and it wasn't really considered sexual harassment because it was just jokes. And like, so, like, like
0: back in the day, so like up to about maybe 10, 15 years ago, a lot of those, like a lot of gay jokes, right? Like, like, no, like, well, like, yeah. like, well so guys, like, you know, like guys would be like, oh, you know, you're gay, you're this or that, you know, whatever, whatever type of uh, bad word that is right. now you can't say right. anymore which in is, one society. Which back then, you know, you know,
1: gays were not allowed in. Yeah. Well, so sometimes when we had our little chemical warfare games, we would be. In, Wait, in, what?
0: You had chemical, Yeah, games it, with chemical war? Are or you, are, are you mean like military drills? Yeah, okay. military drills. So okay, we okay. call them,
1: we call, they were usually, call, you know, they were exercises. But right. The easiest yeah. way to say like chemical war games. War. Right. Yeah, yeah. right. So we would put on the chemical war, you know, the chemical suits and everything. Well, during that time we would be confined to our offices or our buildings or whatever. If they were saying, oh, it's mop four and, and you couldn't go outside if you wasn't needed to be outside. So a lot of times we didn't have to have on the gas mask under certain mop conditions so you just lay around you were bored our guys would play dominoes and cards and spades and all of that well a bunch of us we didn't play that we were young we were like how do you play that you know this was an old man's game to us so we would lay around some of us would study some of us would read books um, because we're always having to learn that was the other thing you know when we went in we were considered you had to level so you had level one which was you were at the tech school, level three, you were a journeyman or something and you were just brought into the military and you had somebody watching what you were doing. Level five, you could work by yourself. You were considered um, an apprentice and everything. So you could do things by yourself. Well, as journeyman, or was it? Apprenti- I, I think apprentice is apprentice, you, yeah. yeah and then apprentice, you became journeyman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, yeah. that shows, um, <laughs> no, that shows the age. But as an apprentice, we, we were still studying our books to become journeymen. And a lot of, you got bored. Trust me, those books are terrible. And I
0: did electrician classes. This was and even was worse. Younger, yeah. This
1: was even worse. So it was just one of those things. So. In between, we had sofas. We had these big, nice break rooms because we built them ourselves. And so, you, right. had, you yeah. know, anything that was left over, like everything was mahogany because there were scraps of mahogany left over. So, oh, we had mahogany. Yeah. yeah. So, that was that's that was the wood. favorite wood to use for everything. Yeah. That's good wood, actually. Um, yeah. Our carpenters, our master carpenter, we joked that he was going to kill the rainforest by himself <laughs> because we just knew in his house off base, everything hit, we knew his sofa was made out of mahogany. This is mahogany. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um... One of the guys was sleeping on the sofa, mm-hmm. and somebody went and warmed up a corn dog and put mayonnaise on the end of it and stuck it in his mouth. And oh, then, as God, he woke yeah. up, he, the guy was adjusting his his pants. So that
0: yeah, those type of jokes, right? Yeah, those pranks. Those and, were
1: jokes, yeah. and I'm like, and I thought it was, I didn't know, and here I am laughing at it, and, and they don't, you know. So I'm trying to fit in, right? I mean, my potty mouth became the worst. Potty mouth, um, which I jokes, Which I do know
0: you personally enough right. to know you do have a potty mouth for it sure. It down. But yeah. you know, so
1: we had, we also had like our pliers, we had linemen's and yeah. we had needle nose and we had dykes. And they would always be like, you need to use the dykes dyke. And it was oh, like, wow. so you, I had to, because I wasn't married, because they never saw me dating, they were like, well, you're either one of two things. And it was like, so you, you yeah. either were a lesbian or a lesbian. Or you were just a weird wallflower. Well, you know, so things like that right. were always. It was always things like that. The other thing that happened on this team was we had one bathroom, so it was it went unisex. Yeah, when all I was there. yeah. Men are dirty. They, they are. Were now, way I, dirty. I,
0: hold on, I will tell you. I know that firsthand. I um, have never, I work as a truck driver, never. and we have a we have a warehouse bathroom. I'm not going to say where I work or anything like that, but. The men mostly use that one because I don't even think we have any female drivers at my location yeah. where I'm at. Um, and yeah, it gets they, it gets cleaned once a week by a, a, a maid service and everything. Oh, they yeah. probably puke. I, I puke because I because right. I used to work at a pork chop company, this so you was, know I, yeah. I, I like to have a, a, a clean, decent bathroom yeah. to use and everything like that.
1: This thing was bad. I mean, it would be like nasty hairs and yeah poop on the toilet and so we didn't you yeah. know so it was like hey you need to go clean it because you're the female i go was on. like i don't i that's where i learned never to use the bathroom at while i worked i would hold it eight twelve hours i
0: can't do it i gotta go use oh, it I don't I, mind. i mean and the look, only look, time look, of course, i used it was is, when i puked in it but of course i was over the road truck driving for three right. years so i've seen some pretty bad uh, pretty bad scenes and, and just truck stop bathrooms. And I worked at a Portageon company for four years. I've I seen would, the I've seen Port-a-Johns, some messed up spots.
1: I've seen porta that were not this dirty. Yeah. So this you got to remember we're dealing with construction teams men that would go in there and I was like I would come out and I'd be like what is this and they'd be like that's a pube. and I'm like what the hell you know so I, yeah. they would give me these what little you doing, bitty,
0: picking your pubes while you're peeing I mean come on man like, right don't they do that or like the now, or, or yeah. the
1: on purpose they would do things like. Uh, so we, we had access to a lot of excess toilet seats and stuff. So they would put super glue the toilet seat up where I, I'm like, really? So
0: you sit on a, oh I I couldn't, man. and yeah. I'm like,
1: here I am having to go to the bathroom. And it, so, you know, you had to straddle and I was like, I, and they're outside laughing. And so it was like, really? So those little things and I was like, ha, 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 ha. Right. And you would do things to get back at them. Like put liquid solder in their in their locks on their oh. toolboxes and Yeah. So it went back and forth. Right. But it was things like this that would happen. It was just what we thought were jokes, which now would be considered total sexual harassment. Okay. So again, like I'm saying, the only reason I'm saying that is because we were not briefed on what sexual harassment cons- was considered. Right. No, okay. but nobody,
0: nobody was trained or educated to identify what exactly. sexual harassment was. In exactly. The I got you.
1: So that was how that went. Well, when I left there and I came back to the states, desert storm happened. Mm-hmm. We were starting to realize that there was sexual harassment going on. Uh, you know, we had the two females that became POWs. Uh, They came back and they said they were treated fine and then later in their writings in their books or whatever. I Remember seeing Dan rather interview them and Dan rather asked were you were you were you ever Assaulted and both of them said no and I was like, oh, they're lying now at that time We had the fairy tale of oh, they're you know, they're just sitting in a room. Nothing's happened They're not being interrogated. They're not being used uh, used because of their sexuality against the other people that were POWs. Oh, they were used. They, things were done. And I think you can read about them if you, if you go to all of them, if they felt like putting it out there and it's hard for them to relive it. Yeah. There were things that happened. I remember um, the female helicopter. Uh, she was on a female helicopter. She was on a helicopter. Her, her helicopter went down. She was a medic or something, a nurse. And... When Dan Rather interviewed her, she said, "No, they treated me great." Well, the military had told her not to talk because if you go in and I've I've read her book, and the reason I'm not saying her name is right. Booker. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I've read her book. Okay. Uh, she was massively sexually assaulted and uh, sodomized and everything in front of her troops. Oh wow. In fr- so here's what happens when you're a POW. No matter what what branch they are, the highest ranking is the one you go to and you so, mean like
0: like whoever they capture so like if yes. they capture if you get if you got some some just some regular uh, you got private yeah, sergeants privates, um, and, and then you get like you some, maybe a, some some captains or yes, colonels or they or, or are something so like there's so a chain the of command got, yeah
1: there's still a chain of command and they would do things to her to get the younger which were usually the ones that had the intel that everybody you know in those situations you never know who has intel on what right. because you don't know the jobs a lot of times and people lie course you're going to lie because you know they say just say your name rank and serial number I'm sorry if your if your fingernails being yanked off right. you're going to say things just to stop
0: it I mean the, the, the in the movies they'll show those classic scenes of like uh, you know hook you know, um, a guy raised up on a chain yeah waterboarding and it doesn't just happen even though shit, we have
1: I mean, the G- Geneva Conv- convention, convention we know this happened at Guantanamo Bay
0: yeah, we. I mean, our own soldiers right. did that to to to, right. to POWs. and
1: and there is an there there's a big issue. Well, the Geneva Convention only works when both sides honor the Geneva Convention. Yeah, and even when you honor it, that's not always how it happens because of situations and stress and what what's going on. We're human; things happen. So, at one point, I think she had said in her book because I'd read excerpts of it. Um, While they were sexually assaulting me, I was telling my my troops don't tell them anything sit there and be quiet now that takes a lot out of anybody because it's not just the females that got sexually assaulted they sodomize the men okay there's nothing anything to yeah. humiliate and degrade you they did
0: yeah cuz rape is not about sexual gratification it's no. it's about power yes it is it's always about power mm-hmm. that's why I like uh that's why when people have a misconception about when gay men go to prison and everything like that there's a big ordeal about that alone in itself you, that, uh, you know because they can't because they they don't want they they try to they try to uh you know add ag, add ag, them to somewhere else and not in general population because if they find out that you're a gay man in uh in general population they they don't give a shit who you love or anything like that. They're going well, to... well. That's not like, even
1: even there. You right. have the big guys that are straight as hell that are doing it because yeah. it's a domination. It, it is. is. A total, that's all.
0: It's about power yeah. and control.
1: And and it happens with females in the in the um, in prison too. Yeah. But but in this, the military. You but know, in the military, you know, you you see and and hear things, and you are like, wow, that wasn't a fairy tale for or anything like that. So you also have on the deployments, you have people being raped left and right. Yeah. On both sides. It was not, I mean, I've
0: heard of stories. I've heard
1: of women raping men. And I was like, how can a woman rape a man? Well, I heard about it in the military. So my second base that I went to um, was more conducive to women. So there was three of us women and three men in our little office. And this is, I had transferred because I got I cut pit or electric small bite with the electricity. It was enough to where it blew my lineman's up, blew a hole in them, and I was like, "I'm done. I am so done with electricity. I wouldn't plug any." To this day, just putting a uh, a cover on an outlet, I shake like crazy. Yeah, Um, I'm. I'm like, no, I don't. I don't. I will tell somebody do this. No, you go ahead and do that because I'm gonna watch. Right. Um, So when I, I I so I medically cross trained and became a graphic uh, illustrator okay uh, graphic designer audio visual, so a lot of my work there was making the view, um, viewpoint slides, which we would use the acetate because we didn't have computers in okay we were doing overhead projectors oh, wow. yeah. the and the old school. school old school right yeah, so yeah. we were we that. were making them we were running them through, doing all this kind of stuff. so yeah. we were doing you know we we um there's a lot we did that. That we would do, like in some of the places I went to. If you went to a foreign country, you were having to take their foreign information that 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 unit did. Yeah. And in their in their language, and then you would put it under the Americans so that it could be briefed in both languages, so you. they could read it. Things like that. So there was a lot going on that you were involved with as a grad, and that's where having the clearance because I had had the clearance with the electricians, I got this job and I was in certain spots. In the fighter wing I was in, they deployed. And because they were over there in Desert Storm, Desert Shield, I was being asked to go because of my clearance to, excuse me, to work the briefings with the commanders. Because in the fighter wing I was doing there, when they were back in the States, we were doing, we were playing the little sortie missions. And they called them sorties because we had to make so many flights a week. Right. A lot of them were touch and goes just to make the flights. Because if we if we met our sortie for the month, we got a three-day weekend. If it was a three-day weekend, we got a four-day weekend. So obviously the pilots, you know, and and that was a thing. But here it was, we were dealing with some of this stuff, and that's why the clearances were important. I may not have been, I was handling documents, I didn't know I was handling. Right. And that's a big thing. So you would see, oh, this is top secret. Well, it didn't make sense to you, but when you were sitting in on the briefing, you're like, Wait, what happened? And, and you couldn't ask, and you're just sitting there, and you're like, I'm hearing what? And so this would go on. During that time was when I had my sexual harassment. Yeah. So I had a master sergeant in the Air Force. I had a sergeant. Both of them were over me. I was a senior airman.
0: I think Master Sergeant is the, in Master, or is it Sergeant Major, I think is the highest rank, No, right? it's
1: Senior, ma- uh, Chief Master Sergeant. Chief
0: Master Sergeant. So well, we like, call so, him so, Chief, so, so that you had yeah. different
1: ranks for, for yeah, different...
0: so what I, what, where I was brought up on to learn the ranks and everything, I was an ROTC in high school, yeah. and I think we was under the Army Division, so I right. learned so I learned the Army ranks and everything right. like that. Right, so you'd have... I, so um, I had a Sergeant Major... You'd have a, Sergeant and and a Sergeant Major, I, major I, of had, the Army, and, and... And I had a yeah. Colonel, yeah. Right, that's so you had
1: that, well, we had... Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force. You had your Chiefs, your Chief Master Sergeant at the unit. You had your Senior Master Sergeant. You had your um, Master Sergeant. You had Technical. You had Staff. And then you had Buck Sergeant. Because that was when I was in. Buck Sergeant was just being taken out. Like an E-5. E-4. They they were an E-4 in the Air Force. And also an E-4 was a Senior Airman. Okay. So we had the two. Well, um, and you'd make Sergeant right after you did your second enlistment. Okay. So I was still in my first. I was at my three year mark because I, I I lasted eighteen months as an as an interior electrician. That's eighteen months from when I joined the military. Sure. So I really only lasted probably
0: twelve six, months
1: to six, thirteen months yeah. as an interior electrician.
0: Oh wow! Um, so all that happened within thirteen months, pretty much. Right. All yeah. that going on. Well, like, actually,
1: all of so yeah, oh, the, but a lot more. But yeah, but right. What we so were you know, about, yeah, yeah. So when I t- went to this unit. It was good at first. It was a it, we were a small office, four, mm-hmm. three pe, four people, four people, and then we had a couple others come in, and so we it was just really weird. I mean, we still had our rank, and we called each other by our rank and our name and everything. But they got some people got more comfortable with others. Mm-hmm. So I had my my sergeant and my master sergeant, both males, that liked to play cup check.
0: Okay, so you got so for our listeners and for me. What's a cup check cu- what's is cup check? when you take
1: the, your knuckles of your hand and you walk past the other guy and you Oh nut hit check, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a nut, nut check. check. Yeah, but yeah they called okay. it cup check. I gotcha,
0: I got gotcha. oh, because yeah. you
1: couldn't say nut. Okay. Just like when at that time we could no longer there's certain words politically correct words we couldn't use in the military anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so you were very you, you had it, to get creative yeah right right so you know you you had to do things i remember my buck sergeant one time walking up to one of the friends that because we partied together yeah and he's like hey have you ever kissed a bunny rabbit on the lips and she was like no so he pulled his pockets out inside out yeah. was like, there's a bunny rabbit yeah and and you know it was like and it was to me it was funny be, and to my friend it was funny because the three of us hung
0: out a little bit. Yeah, you, you were kind of, you were friends, you know each other, it, it was, it was kind of like all in good fun, because that's a joke you'd share with somebody that's your friends, you don't just walk up to it, like I wouldn't walk up to a woman and said, hey, you know, uh, what, you know, what has thumbs and, uh, and likes BJ's and everything, and right. you are like, this guy, you know, you don't right. do that to just right. random right. people, yeah. you know, you you, yeah. you, 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 make you got to make sure that you're comfortable with people and that they're not going to freak out on right. you, right, right, and so, so this, you uh, know, things I like mean, this happened,
1: Yeah. Um. you know, so you had, we were all like ha 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 ha. Right. Whatever. Well, it started getting worse because it of progressed. the cross checks. Yes. Yeah. Now I had a female in there that was trying to hang with the male so much, she would take like a butter knife and put it in her mouth and be like, "Look, I'm giving a bull job." And it was I, that I found disgusting. I was like, that is the most disgusting scene I've ever seen.
0: Yeah.
1: Or she would have a hot dog, a hot dog and inflate do.
0: a hot dog or something right? Right. Yeah, yeah. like that. Right. And
1: I'm like, "That's isn't but the guys were laughing
0: Cross, so the line right yeah right so to making me making you uncomfortable but, but to everybody else because I'm and I'm a man too so I mean I, I and, and if I was in my you know my early twenties and everything like that I probably would have laughed at it as well
1: exactly you and know? here's the deal because it wasn't this was the other thing I thought they had to initially say hey you and and say it to me not direct it. Right in the in the office. So because it wasn't directed at me and it was meant to degrade the guys, I was like, oh well, that would be up to them to turn it in. Right. Just at their like discretion, right? at their discretion, just like each other giving each other cup checks, they should turn each other in
0: because it affects them, right? Right. right. You, it I didn't gotcha.
1: affect me, although it did because right. a lot of times we would be doing something where, like at the the customer counter, and stuff would be going on, and they would reach across. I would be in the middle of them or they would, as I was walking by, they would reach across and hit hit each other in the private area, which meant they grazed me.
0: Yeah, grazed your private parts and everything like that. Yes.
1: And a couple of times I said, and that's the hardest thing is to say, hey, that that offends me or don't do that in front of me. There's no, you know, they outrank you. Right. That's the hardest thing you can't
0: is. slap them and say, "Hey, treat me like a lady," you know, right. like, because you're in the military. I mean, that right? could be a court martial, right?
1: Well,
0: uh, or, or or at least a reprimand. It would
1: somehow. be a, a it would be a letter of counseling. Yeah, did it again. Letter of reprimand. Did it again. Article 15. Now, letter of rep. All of these, you know, you had your consequences. Yeah. But every time you reported it, you were the troublemaker. Right. No matter what happened, you were you were you, get, were, the, you were getting attacked. Right right so
0: you had to be careful I had how you tread yeah. very
1: careful i was talking to friends of mine that were higher rank and i'm like god i can't believe they keep doing this and they're like did you say you were uncomfortable i said yes i said i'm, I'm i would say but i didn't come out and say i'm uncomfortable i'd be like please don't do that in front of me and they're like that right there is enough and they continue and i'm like yes and so they said you have to go report it to the EO office, the Equal Opportunity Office. You have to report. It. I said I don't want to report it.
0: And this is your first time making a report yes. and everything. This yes. is This is mainly about. This is about, the
1: only uh, time I made a report.
0: Okay, and and this was about the sexual harassment and yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, I I I'm kind of curious um. When so I, when I, when you did your report and everything like mm-hmm. that, uh, mm-hmm. after that. Was there like anybody targeting you or uh-huh. anything like that? I was targeted by tell, the whole unit. So tell me how that how about. Okay, that, how so that when went, I reported
1: it, the first thing said by my, by my orderly room, by my first sergeant, by my senior master sergeant, by my colonel was, why didn't you come to us first? Let us handle it in-house. I was doing what I was told by my friends, which was the safest way to go. To report it was to the, the base. And they took the report. They wrote it up. They asked the two. They asked. They did an investigation into the whole office, which brought it down on the unit, which made the unit look bad. Right. That's the thing. It made the unit look bad.
0: And that makes the unit commander look bad as well. Exactly. And no unit commander. I know this from my grandpa. No first
1: sergeant. No. No, unit no officer commander.
0: of any kind. Any kind of any any kind of leadership position does not want to look bad at all Correct. because that, that screws up their chances for advancement, that screws up their chances for more opportunities, more, right. than, more so than likely.
1: my master sergeant was not in charge of my office, there was a superintendent, so he looked yeah. bad too. Right. The thing was, he saw it happen and he never said a thing, he just laughed. Right. So when I reported it, they called them in, they called other people in, these two guys admitted. They got a letter of counseling, which would be the first step, but in this case, it should have been a letter of reprimand because they were both NCOs. Right. It should have been I'm They should not have been saying, held to
0: a higher standard yes. because of the higher position. Absolutely. Right. They
1: were in leadership positions. Yeah. And they were longer in than me. So I'm see, at this time I was still in my first four years. Right. They had already the sergeant had been in he was at eight years.
0: Okay, so probably on his third enlistment by now. He
1: was he was on he was almost yeah, he was on well.
0: Maybe, the, maybe second or third enlistment, but yeah, right, it, yeah. somewhere he around that time. He was up there,
1: top, so he right? knew. He wasn't a rookie had, or brand new. No, yeah. The master sergeant had been in right at 17 years, something wow, like that. So he time, knew. Yeah. He knew, too. And so when this was reported, I was called into the office. They admitted to it. I was called into the office, and um, the first sergeant and all of them were like, you couldn't handle it? You had to go report it? Isn't that the most pettiest thing we've ever heard? And I'm sitting there as a young airman going, did I just screw up? And they were like, you just ruined their careers. Wasn't about me.
0: It was about them, yeah. It was about them. Basically victim blaming, yes. saying everything is your fault. So
1: this happened and I remember getting sunburnt really bad to where I had to wear my bathing suit under my BDUs. I was called into the office and I was told, you do realize you just um, destroyed government property. You're getting an Article 15. Article 15 is the end of the world a lot of times.
0: Yeah. So what is Article 15, by the way? Is,
1: that, is, a, that, is, that, is
0: that the court martial?
1: That is. That's not a court martial. That is a form of disciplinary.
0: Hey, hold on. We're actually uh, about to reach our time limit here and everything yep. like that. Hey, look, everybody. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna do another part on this as well. We're gonna wrap this up. And we're going to continue this conversation, so please don't feel alarmed or anything. This is still going to continue. But uh, stay tuned for episode six coming up very shortly for you.